0: Welcome to a special episode of the Love Your City podcast. In today's episode, we'll be sharing presentations from a recent gathering of pastors and leaders of interdenominational pastors' gatherings from towns and cities across southeast Queensland. This gathering was convened by Gary Rucci, Sue Baines, Phil Spence, and Ian Shelton. Dubbed a long lunch, the idea of this event was to network networks for mutual encouragement as churches in towns and cities across southeast Queensland seek unity and to live and proclaim the kingdom of God. Around 60 leaders attended, with many sharing the highs and lows of working to bring the church together for the sake of their community. We'll begin by hearing Gary Rucci, one of the conveners of the event. Gary is senior pastor of River City Family Church in The Gap, Brisbane, where the long lunch was held.
1: We find ourselves in an unfamiliar time. I'm reminded of that passage in Acts 16, uh, where Paul uh, is forbidden by the Spirit. Can you imagine that, being forbidden by the Spirit from doing something good, right? Sometimes God stops us from doing things that we think are really good, that we've really organized well and planned and strategically thought through and prayed through, and the Holy Spirit says, well, that's not quite what I want for you right now. So he's forbidden from preaching the word in Asia, right? So he passes through Phrygia and finds himself in bithynia and tries to preach there and he's forbidden by the spirit of god again and then receives this amazing vision to go to macedonia but when he gets to philippi the foremost city in macedonia he finds himself in unfamiliar territory because he doesn't find himself in a synagogue full of men he finds himself at a women's connect group beside a river Now that's unfamiliar territory for paul right now, let's not all get into about women in leadership and what we might believe about that. But what, I'm, what I am refreshed in that situation is this, is that the Holy Spirit led him the entire time, even to the unfamiliar territory. And so with that, today, I believe that the Holy Spirit is here and he's leading us in these unfamiliar times. So why are we here? Uh, I guess it's because there's a fresh desire for us to work together. Parachurch, church, sodality, modality, wherever we might be from, to work together because God wants to do something, right? We, we sense that. Um, and so my, my final thought is simply this. This is what we've been talking about as a Southeast Queensland sort of group. It hasn't really got a name at the moment. I hope you can appreciate that. We don't really have a name. It's just, we're just a group of people getting together, a gathering, right? Uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was used by God to do something incredible in the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. But what we, what we know straight away from Nehemiah 1 and 2 is that he prayed, so prayer, we're gonna to pray today, right? Then he surveyed, he surveyed the walls. He saw what was going on. He saw for his own eyes what was going on. He listened, he discerned what was happening. And then God, in that process, in that process, God put something into his heart. Then when he embeds that and when he shares that, the people gather around that and then they build something fantastic, which is the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, right? So we come, we come today with a listening posture, We come today with a prayerful posture. We want to pray, we want to learn, we want to discern, because not one of us has all the answers, right? And not any one of us has the dominion on what God is doing, amen? No matter how good our thing is. So today, I ask you to come with humility, come with a posture of learning and listening and discerning, but also with a posture that we might celebrate what God is already doing, Right? We will celebrate that. Regardless of what you think about the person talking or their organisation or what your personal connections, forget all of that. Let's celebrate what God is doing and then together believe that God will do something special among us. Is that all right? Amen. That's why we're here. Today we represent something like 16 LGAs, towns
2: and cities all over Southeast Queensland. This
0: is Ian Shelton, coordinator of Movement Australia and one of the conveners of the Long Lunch.
2: And our heart is every town and city will know worship a Trinitarian God and reflect it in being a Trinitarian church, a community of oneness and of diversity and of love. Wow, what a miracle. Why can't it happen in Southeast Queensland? Why can't it happen all over the country? Let's believe for it. Let's say no to our divisions and barriers and say yes to Jesus. I think John Stott, the great English commentator, Bible commentary writer, said um, to say there are many churches is to say there are many gods, not possible. So we have one God and one church and it's His body. So we're very welcome today and um, just pray that as we go through this day, it's it's really a day to, um, in fact all year the little committee that's been working on this, Gary who you've already met and Sue you will, Phil unfortunately, Phil Spence unfortunately has a sick wife and is um, not long married and uh, he's dutifully looking after his wife as a good husband should. I don't know that I would have, but anyway, <laughs> I'm sure I would have. <clears throat> um, I think I've got two kids here who would roll their eyes right now and probably agree with that sentiment. Uh, I've got a long-suffering wife. No, it's, um, uh, we're, we're very thankful. We've really put this year aside to, um, to listen and to learn. What is God actually doing? So today, We're not looking to to hear all the biggest and the best stories, although you'll hear some wonderful stories. We're looking to hear what is the state of play in southeast Queensland. Where are we up to? As we've thought and prayed about it in our 16 LGAs, so far we've discovered over 30 pastors, leaders, networks scattered across these 16 LGAs. Um, unfortunately, six LGAs aren't represented today, some we can't find the networks, others, um, are apologies, aren't able to be here, uh, but you might think, 30 over 16, how does that work? Well, in the Sunshine Coast, they have five, LG, five uh, networks, don't you, Lawrence? That's right, and we'll hear a little about that in a tick or two and uh, exciting things happening there as in other places. So it, this is all about encouraging each of the LGAs, each of the towns, each of the cities, each of the communities to work together as the body of Christ to bring the great news of Jesus in word and deed to every area of life in southeast Queensland. I've asked each speaker to um, say something about their network, where they are, uh, what they're doing and something of their heart for their community and if it's uh, whatever stories they've got, some might be in need, you know, there'll be praise stories and then there'll be stories of, hey, we're really in the need of God in, in our NG. and, um, you know, sometimes the best thing to, to say is, um, we've got a network but we really need God to come on board because When we finish the day today, we're going to spend some time praying for one another and worshipping together. So as we hear the good, the bad, and maybe some of the ugly today, whatever we hear, um, we can take it to God in prayer. And our prayer is that we end up with a community of networks across Southeast Queensland where we're mindful of each other, we're prayerful for each other, we're supportive of each other. And let's believe this is the beginning of a journey that will continue to whatever God
3: has for us. As a Uniting Church Minister, and before that as a kid brought up in rural Queensland Methodism, the idea of the church working together, of local ministers gathering together, praying together, working together, is one that's been on my heart, well it's been a part of my life, all my life really.
0: This is the Reverend David Baker, he's the General Secretary for Queensland Churches Together, an ecumenical group for denominational leaders and bishops from across Queensland. David was unable to be at the event in person, but spoke via this pre-recorded message.
3: And uh, to see this event happening today and to see Ian's and Gary's leadership is really encouraging. I think uh, in these challenging days for the church uh, across Australia, across the West really, for us to be able to bear witness to our unity by uh, gathering, praying, supporting, encouraging but also asking the question of the wider society of civic leaders and that, where's the kingdom not being manifest and how can we work together to, uh, to show the love of God and to show uh, what the kingdom of heaven is like? I think that's absolutely critical in these days. And that's been the story of the church right through the last 2000 years. When things have got tough, it's our readiness to love one another and our readiness to love the unlovely. Uh, that has seen us through. So I encourage you today um, to, uh, to dream some great dreams, to stir yourself up, uh, one another up to love and good works and to see how we can be better uh, servants and stewards uh, of the gospel so richly given to us. Every blessing and I look forward to catching up with you at future events.
0: Following these introductory comments, Came a variety of presentations from network leaders located in towns and cities across southeast Queensland. We'll begin with Kevin Dunn and Ann Wozniak from Gympie.
4: We're from the great city of Gympie. Um, it makes Brisbane look bad in lots of ways. So, but uh, we're grateful to be here. Um, real quick, because we only got a few minutes. One of the things that we did as a network uh, was we had Gympie Church online during COVID. Uh, when most of the churches were, able, were had to be shut down. And in Gimby, we don't have enough staff members to do all sorts of crazy technological stuff like live streaming. We came together as six churches to form basically one church during COVID. And we did that for about three months. Uh, so it was one Sunday. We had just Gimby Church online. That's what it was called on YouTube. And we had all the pastors do different things. So one guy preached, one guy did the communion, one guy did announcements, one guy prayed. And we just did all for the whole church. So our church was massive. And then when it got to the same when the rules changed that we could go to one location, three of them went back into their own thing, but three of us went into one location, one building. Still as three distinct churches. We had three different offering boxes for people to put their money in where they went. Because um, with that, yeah, we had to deal with that. And then, um, and so it was, it was very, very challenging. I don't ever want to do that again, but it was super cool to see what God could do, and it was a picture of what heaven will be like. Um, since then, though, you think, well, where have we gone from there? We've gone nowhere from there, unfortunately. Out of the seven pastors that were involved, six of them are no longer in ministry. Um, I'm the only one left. That's only by God's grace. But I do think it was still special what God had, um, and it was still something so unique that I think it can be done. Um, If you get the people with the right heart who are willing to say, look, it's not about me and my church, it's about God and what he wants to do. So it's just throwing out there that is a possibility that stuff super crazy if God's at the helm, and it started by us having a network of people who really trusted each other um, and knew that I was not out trying to get people's sheep or steal people's sheep, but I was here to serve them and love them for the sake of the city. So Anne's here with me as well. She's from a different church, and I'll let her share her part.
5: Hi, everyone. Um, we are a body of Christ. This seems to be an obvious truth, but it seems in the, in the world that we're living in now that it's much less of an obvious truth. Um, <clears throat> we are very, very committed to being one body. Um, and ministering to our city and our region as one body. Um, Kevin and I both sit in different um, identities, I suppose, in terms of the spirit of God and how we work together, but we work together. We are one body. Um, <clears throat> I'm heading up a ministry in Gympie, which is called Lifehouse. Um, it's a pregnancy and baby help ministry. And it rose up out of um, unity, and it's it's a... Um, a ministry and a service which is upheld by all of the churches um, of the city. And so um, the community that we uh, raise our funds through, we're fully funded through donations through our community. Um, It's not government funded at all. And it's risen up on the waters of the flow of the Holy Spirit coming out of all of these different individual wells if the body of Christ wasn't unified, we would not exist. There would not be enough funding volume for us to be able to do what we do in the city. Uh, And the thing that God's shown me (coughs) prophetically, excuse me, the thing that God's shown me prophetically is that it's fine to have individual wells, but the working of the Holy Spirit in those wells is the thing that bubbles up out of those wells and expresses, and that's how he expresses himself across the land, And that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to a new custodianship um, across the world. He's creating new ecosystems out of the body of Christ. And those ecosystems are coming up out of the body of Christ, being unified within individual churches and being unified across regions, across nations. And out of that comes something that could never rise if we were just doing things individually. So... So that's the, that's the thing. And we're seeing a small manifestation of that and there's been warfare around it. But um, but God is doing what God is doing and we praise Him for that.
6: Uh, it's awesome being here. Really keen to hear some great stories. It's going to be a good morning.
0: This is Paul Jackson, a Baptist pastor based in Logan.
6: How many know where Park Ridge is? How many have actually been there in their life? You need to keep an eye on Park Ridge. Uh... When uh, Anna Bly was premier, she put a finger on Park Ridge and said uh, this will be a major economic hub of Logan City. Uh, it's a transformative area. It's been a rural community of about 2,500 people for the last several decades. Um, but when they put their finger on it in 2009, they said, we'll put 40,000 people here. Uh, that's just Park Ridge. Then you've got plus Green Bank, Logan Reserve, Chambers Flat, and all others that are exploding. Over the last few years, uh, with thousands of people moving in every few months, uh, so it's a massive growth phase. Parkridge Baptist is one church amongst many in Logan West. There's uh, between 15 and 20 at varying times uh, in Logan West. It's about 16 suburbs over the western side, obviously of Logan. Uh, my pastors are Steve and Steph Golby uh, at Parkridge Baptist, but the church has a, a long history of serving the community. Um, through various things, so they're really good at uh, starting good initiatives, seeing what the need is and then going in and helping it. They started a, a soccer team that became a sporting association of more than a thousand registered players, uh, four or five different codes and uh, we handed that over to the community for them to run it uh, probably a decade or so ago. They, were, um, they ran the biggest boys and girls brigades uh, in the area for a while Uh, They were really driving force behind school chaplaincy in Logan West, getting chaplains into every, uh, all um, eight schools, public schools in Logan West, and uh, getting them full time, not just on government funding. Before government funding was around, uh, the community of Logan West was right behind these things. But Parkridge Connect, over the last uh, four years, Parkridge Connect is a community service that uh, Parkridge Baptist has started up. And I've got to say, there's a lot of other churches doing really good community service. So I'm speaking generally about community service in Logan West, whether it's churches and Christian schools or uh, and all the programs that different churches are running. I want to particularly highlight the role of community service in um, preparing a community for revival. Parkridge Connect is one of those things and our goal is just to connect the people of Logan West with the resources, relationships and opportunities that promote a flourishing community. And so we'll do anything that gets people face to face. Uh, We actually kicked off just before COVID and then COVID created a challenge for us but um, it created different opportunities than the ones we thought we were going to get and uh, it's been a fun ride just trying to find things that people in the community love doing and giving them an excuse to get together around it. So we're always driving for a face-to-face connection. We run monthly business breakfasts. We run quarterly markets. We run information sessions on whatever. We just had a seekers Discovery Day, um, which uh, Wildlife Queensland got involved with. And uh, we'll do anything that gets people together around something they love. it's a community service, it's not an evangelism program, it's community service because serving a community is a good thing to do but we are evangelists uh, and so we bring good news to these things. One thing, uh, the, the one thing that has really uh, gone well over the last couple of years was an initiative we're calling Community Service Sunday. It started during COVID um, when we weren't meeting regularly anyway, physically together... But when we did start meeting physically together, um, I'd asked if we could dedicate the first Sunday of every month to community service. So we would worship through acts of service rather than through music and preaching and fellowship. And uh, Community Service Sunday gathers not just the church but the community together to be sent out in teams to mow grass, wash windows, clean uh, garages, cook food, make blankets, whatever... a whole bunch of other worship leaders. One of the most exciting things I found in the pre-service prayer on those mornings was a team that would normally be, you know, a dozen musicians and singers that praying for the service that morning was now tradies and cleaners and uh, all this thing, standing around. We had more people in the pre-service prayer than we'd had for, for years, and standing around and looking at these uh, tradies and stuff, and and realising that they'd spent this week making sure that the fuel mix was right for the, for the whippersnipper and that there's enough line trim and that their equipment was working and to be able to say, you are our worship leaders today, go and show us how to worship your way, uh, go for it. I think the community service that God has set it up as a vehicle for revival to flow through, it's a network and so I'm just bless whatever you're doing in community service, you're awesome. It's privileged to be part of this, and I was
7: sitting and thinking as I was driving across this morning about the history of the church. My church um, has been around for 155 years.
0: Billy Diem, leader of the Pastors Network in Ipswich.
7: I sit every morning as I go into the office with the photos of all the ministers across those 155 years um, and realise that I just follow, stand on their shoulders of what they've done. So, one of the challenges we have across the churches of Ipswich is that we're not quite the oldest church in Ipswich at 153 years. There's two that are older than us that are still operating and another four that are within one or two years of our age. So there's a lot of churches that have been going for 150 years uh, and still open and still actively worshipping God in their different ways. The challenge that we have is that how do we continue to build on that legacy of all those ministers in all those places? I had a meeting um, last year with uh, many of the the, uh, local government leaders as well as the uh, state and federal politicians in our area and challenged them to realise that we are the largest volunteer organisation in our city. That within half a dozen phone calls we could mobilise thousands of people to cook meals, bring clothes, bring sheets, house people, shower people, charge mobile phones. Yet most people don't realise that we are the largest volunteer organisation in our city, the Christian church across the city itself. So the challenge we have is that how do we continue to be the seen, unseen God in our community? We have that opportunity to be the seen, unseen God as we serve people through the different churches, as they do food hampers, as they do accommodation, financial counselling, sporting clubs, community youth organisations, the difference between the church and the Rotary group, hope there's no Rotarians or Apex people here, but the difference between Rotary and the church, because both are service organisations, is that we are compelled by the love of Jesus. That's our niche. That's our unique selling point, that we are motivated by the love of Jesus. The others do it for their own benefit. We do it for the kingdom benefit and for people who may or may not ever say thank you to us. And I love the way that the different churches across Ipswich will have David, because Ipswich is a big place. Springfield's having their birthday today. Um, they will be a community of 150,000 people. Ripley Valley, which is on our doorstep, will be a community of 150,000. There are already 170,000 in Ipswich. So it is a growth area and an opportunity for churches to get in at the ground level in those places and spaces. Um, and to continue to be the largest volunteer organisation in those regions. Thanks so much.
8: Uh, We started a group called Hills Collective and the reason it's so strange and doesn't sound like a church is we wanted to partner um, with people with common values, um, specifically.
0: This is AJ Hines. He's a regional engagement officer with Churches of Christ Queensland based in the Brisbane area.
8: Uh, We know there are church networks and church leaders who gather and come together. We saw a little gap, and I believe it's a big gap, where we can partner with people who have similar values to us. Often, you'll find Christians in those spaces, uh, and not necessarily be confined to common beliefs, but ultimately working together for the common good in in our area. Uh, two little stories of what was birthed in that space. One was a counselor, who later became part of our church, a great guy, um, introducing us to two to non-believers in our area. They started a charity called Stationary Aid, which some of you know about, and we helped them kick off. We put them in our facility in Zilmia. We helped and introduced them to... Our, Brothers and sisters at Scripture Union, they've partnered with a group called Morris 180, which does skills development. And so you've seen this little collaboration between organizations that probably wouldn't have ever met, now has empowered Stationery Aid to be a a, a charity that um, takes and regenerates stationery and gives it, spreads it to families in need, which Scripture Union helps us with. I think the church is the glue that brings the community together. And I think the church has a vital role to play in working with organizations that don't necessarily worship like we do, that don't necessarily believe what we do, but have the God DNA within them wanting to make a difference uh, in their world. That's going to be statewide in the next couple of of years. The second thing we did in COVID is uh, we were a bit bored, as some of you might have been, and we said, well, let's start serving our streets. How many streets do we have represented in our local church? Well, we had about 26 And so we challenged people to take ownership of serving their local street. We empowered them. We're a bit of a cheerleader in that space and saw that our church could make a much bigger difference than the size of our congregation. In fact, we had over a 1,000 people we were serving every week. Is that classed as a mega church? I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) That saved lives. It interrupted people's suicide plans. It engaged guys that were socially isolated in the community. The challenge we have is uh, often in the church, we, uh, we get a little bit excited and we want a place in the public square. We want to be in the square, but we're missing in the streets. We worry about what the media says about us on the top level, but we're missing in the bottom. And often when negative messages uh, collaborate or they run parallel, people start believing it. Hey, I'm hearing all these things in the street. I don't know who that church even is. I don't know who the pastor is there. And that doesn't count for this room, I get it. You guys are all, like, you're, you're winning. Uh, you're doing well. But it accounts for the majority of the body that's not activating the saints. It's not equipping them, and it's not mobilizing them locally. Um, this is the challenge for us, to have local impact, to be the local, and that's not the bottle shop. But hey, I'm going to the local. How good would it be one day if people said that, and it was the church, and it wasn't some place where they could waste uh, their money? This is our challenge. We want revival and I celebrate revival, but brother, what you've done, Paul, is you've done reformation. Reformation precedes revival. You've reformed the way that you gather and that now has led to people being reached. Um, And I believe our opportunity sits in this space of common values because we'll find God there. He's not outside of the reach of the city. He's in the streets. He's in the nooks and crannies, the darkest places. You'll find God there and you'll learn something about yourself. Uh, and that's where we need to work, on the grassroots. There can be, I believe, a collateral blessing that fights the collateral damage of this world, and it starts in this room and continues from here. It's often often the mustard seed that takes my attention, very small, but once it spreads, it's the biggest garden plant there is. Our little movement of streets of 25 grew to 752 streets across our region and the country. And we look for that to grow even more. Uh, no one can claim it. No one's the CEO except God. Um, so our church, one of the biggest fruits of this journey is our church has now decided to pray for eight church once a week, um, even those we don't know and especially those we disagree with theologically. So that's 52 streets. We're over 30 down the road. Next year, we're gonna start praying for life-giving organizations. Not all of them churches because when you seek the welfare of the place you're in, You'll be blessed. Thank you.
0: A quick break to encourage you to check out our website, movement.org.au. This site contains a library of resources, podcasts, videos, blogs, stories from Australia and around the world of city gospel movement. People who are on the ground practitioners bringing the church together across denominations for the sake of their community. You can search by speaker, author, author, subject to find exactly what you're looking for subscribe with your email address and we'll connect with you personally to see how we can serve a city gospel movement in your community
9: you know i really want to honor gary and uh the team that have set up the citywide leaders network in the inner city of brisbane this is matt prater
0: he's the senior pastor of new hope church in brisbane and he's also heavily involved in Christian radio. Uh,
9: we had one going a few years ago before COVID and it kind of dwindled a bit. Uh, and then when Gary uh, ca- came in here, he, he just kind of got something started up. And I was like, thank you, Lord. It's an answer to prayer. So we've been meeting at different churches around uh, the Brisbane area over the last uh, year and a half or so. We get about 20 at each gathering and there's about... Five or six of us that are the same, and about 15 new people at every one, Uh, because it's hard to get pastors to prioritize church unity, and uh, you know, interdenominational gatherings. And uh, for me personally, uh, I felt God speak to me very clearly a few years ago that I need to make it a priority. Uh, Anybody busy here? Yeah, we're all busy, but we need to make things like this a priority and our networks a priority. So. Uh, I've made a commitment, everyone that's on that I'm available, I'll be there. Uh, in t- when I'm in town, I'll be there. And uh, we've had some great gatherings, great uh, prayer times as well. And, you know, it's good to just get to know each other and, and network, but the prayer is really the key. We've got to be praying together. And, and, and I'm an evangelist, uh, cleverly dis- disguised as a senior pastor. Um, and, and for me, I actually believe the best way to win this nation is to show the unity of the churches. With His unity the Lord commands a blessing. We need to be praying together. Uh, the other area, I just wanted to share a quick story. So our church is uh, next to the Normanby Hotel uh, in Kelvin Grove. Our vision is to empty the pub and fill the church. And um, we have a, uh, a, a soup kitchen for the homeless. Now, we had to close it during COVID lockdown, but realised that we were an essential service. Thank you, Jesus. And so we started going out to boarding houses and homeless shelters. And uh, we... Now go to 35 boarding houses every Friday, all around the inner city of Brisbane, because you know, in order for the church to truly be the church, you've got to get outside of the church, outside of the four walls. You know, Jesus went to the last, the least, and the lost, and so that's been our heart. It's really messed up our church, let me tell you. Uh, and we we've now developed a network of all the inner city charities. Uh, So we're we're working with the salvos, we're working with fishers of men, we're working with access street vans, all the guys that get out into the boarding houses and we're networking together uh, to follow up all these people on the streets. And you know the government can throw money at homelessness and at DV and at this and that, they can do what they want, but the church is the answer. Jesus is the answer. So we're so passionate about doing that. So if you ever want to come and be a part of that and help, uh, we're seeing... We've seen over a thousand people come to Christ since COVID, but they're not getting followed up properly. We're doing our best. So what we're doing is we're starting Bible studies in the boarding houses, or some call them micro-churches, you know. We're just uh, sending people in with pizza and Bible study, and we're trying to follow up all these new believers and get them discipled, get them baptised, get them into a church. If it's ours or another one, it doesn't matter as long as they're in the church. So we're networking together to reach the homeless uh, in, the, in the inner city. So if you ever want to be a part of it or come and visit and check it out, it's every Friday morning. And uh, our Citywide Leaders Network... Uh, We're really struggling to get regular pastors coming from different denominations. We're getting a a few Pentecostals and evangelicals. We haven't got that many of the conservative other denominations yet, but we're trying to invite them and get them involved. So if you know anyone in the inner city or a bit wider than that uh, region that can join the citywide leaders network, please let Gary know and we'd love to have you guys come and join that group as well.
0: Next up is James Condon, a retired Salvation Army commissioner who now gives leadership to the Pastors Network in Caloundra on the Sunshine Coast.
10: Privileged to be sharing with you this morning. I officially retired six years ago. I'm absolutely amazed and incredibly grateful to God that He still has the work for me to do in the wider body of Christ across Australia at this time. So when I first retired, I was invited to join the Caloundra City Pastors Network. And I said, I'm retired. They said, no, we have other retired ministers there as well. So I joined up and then Pastor Donnie Johnson, who was the chairperson, said to me after a couple of years of me attending and participating, participating, I want you to become the chairman, James, and I want to step down. I said, I'm retired. <laughs> anyway, here I stand today as the chairman of the Caloundra City Pastors Network. We meet on the first Tuesday of the month for breakfast at 7am. Uh, we've had up to 27, 28 pastors. We have a mailing list of around 40 churches in Caloundra and Kiwana. Um, We fell down in numbers um, during COVID, but our last meeting in August, we were back up to 19. We had been down to six or seven, so I was excited when 19 came to our last breakfast. Uh, Yes, we keep to time, seven to eight, but pastors often hang around, share fellowship together, pray for one another, offload to one another, etc., Uh, The denominations in our group are Roman Catholic, Anglican Baptist, Salvation Army, Uniting Church, Seven Day Adventist, Australian Christian Churches, Pentecostal groups, Church of Christ and Presbyterian. So we're right across the board, I think. Uh, But the most recent additions to our group have been the Roman Catholic Priest and the Presbyterian Minister. And it's interesting with the Roman Catholic Priest, there was an unofficial combined churches Caloundra worship event uh, at the amphitheater at Kings Beach on Easter Sunday night. I went down, I did the opening prayer, went up onto the stage, did the opening prayer, came down off the stage and this guy comes up to me and said, this is real worship. Catch the Fire worship group had been leading the worship. He said, this is real worship. And he said, my name's Josh Whitehead. I'm the new priest at the Roman Catholic Church just up the hill. I was in my residence and I heard the singing and I had to come down. So he's joined our group. And I had coffee with him the following week. And um, I said, Josh, I looked up the uh, website of the Roman Catholic Church for the uh, Caloundra area. And it said on the website, it says, Father Josh Whitehead, pastor for evangelism. That's what it said. I said, tell me about it. Well, he's planting the new Catholic Church at Aura. So, Presbyterian and Roman Catholics, our latest addition. We've had combined worship events. And in November last year, we, uh, Donnie Johnson started this off. We had a Caloundra Church's Homelessness Forum. And would you believe uh, at the second meeting, they needed a chairman and someone nominated me and I got another job. Um, but we've had three meetings of the Clarendra City Homeless Forum. Uh, how best can we address the issue of homelessness in our area? There've been some good outcomes. One, a breakfast put on the Uniting Church, and while we in between meetings, a group started to meet, and that has led to what's called Roofs to Recovery, and uh, the plans are for 30 tiny homes on land to serve the homelessness in our area. Now, what's come out of that now is there is on the... I think it's the 24th of September, if I remember right, there is a homelessness forum on the Sunshine Coast organised by the churches, which will cover the whole of the coast. The last thing in terms of my time, the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, a great event... uh, Clownda City Pastors Network kicked it off in 2019. Um, Great event at the Little Mountain Church of Christ, Good Life Baptist in 2020. We had the mayor and five councillors. And when Pastor Ken Kyler, our senior pastor of pastors, got up to pray for the mayor and the councillors, the Holy Spirit came. And you know what? Men and women councillors were standing there weeping just so impacted by the presence
11: of God. I have the privilege of leading the, uh, the network in Nambor from Palmwoods, uh, Wumbai, Nambor and Yandina. This is Lawrence Siuli. There's 15 churches all up in my town and it's a massive mixture of mainline churches, uh, Baptist churches, Salvation Army, Uh, uh, ACC churches is a tremendous uh, mixture. What we've done over a number of years, we've had a number of combined services together. We've also had a uh, combined prayer meetings together. Uh, Last year, one of the things that we did as a church, you know, the unity thing is very powerful. And I believe this is the language of the Holy Spirit that wants the body of Christ to constantly cultivate because there is enough division in the world today, Yeah. So we need to lead by example. Last year, we did a week of fasting and prayer as churches of Nambua and the impact of that. So every night, different church would host a gathering and the minister of that church will lead the, the, the prayer. The last night... I called up all the pastors in our town to stand all around the auditorium. And we anointed every person with oil that was there believing God for healing, restoration, family. And God did some tremendous things. Also in our network, we also found that it's also become a safe haven for a lot of our ministers because a lot of us face a lot of storms, yeah? So it's become a place where we support one another, pray for one another, and be on call if somebody else needs uh, support I remember one of our gathering uh, one of our pastors walked in I just looked at him and he just burst out crying so we just stopped the meeting and just gather around him and spoke over his life and prayed for him because when the pastors are united the church is united. Not only that, the second hat that I wear, I have the privilege, as Ian said. Uh, so there are five networks, pastors' network around the Sunshine Coast, and I have the privilege of 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 facilitating that. So for the first time in history, we had five fraternals gathering for a combined service in the Sunshine Coast, and it was amazing. So we had the fraternal from Milani, had the fraternal from Caloundra, fraternal from Coulomb, fraternal from Nambour, and one. From Aruchidur. And after the service, God's presence was there, people just did not want to leave. So we follow it up a month later by calling all the pastors of our town to come together, meet and greet. And I got all of our five chairmen just to share with what God is doing. And the feedback from that, some of the pastors were saying, we need to do this more often. I've often said, we talk about taking our city by storm taking our cities for Jesus. The truth is, it's not going to happen if one church does it all. It needs all of us to be working together, all of us as the body of Christ to see unity and the gospel preach and see lives change. Thank you and God bless you.
1: Uh, when Nikki and I returned from doing a stint in the UK in uh, 2016, we took up the leadership of this church here and began to straight away try to learn more about the area and find out what's happening in Brisbane, realising some things that really shifted quickly in the five and a half years that we were in the uk and begin to ask the question you know where, where where's the unity movement where are the leaders gathering together
0: this is gary rucci he's the leader of river city family church in the gap in brisbane he also gives leadership to a pastor's gathering in the brisbane area and he's one of the conveners of this long lunch
1: and uh, began to reach out to a few friends, and that sort of led to where we are today in the Citywide Leaders Collective as well. So I want to thank Colin, who's across the back of the room, has come from his Zoom meeting now, he's, he's now there. And uh, Matt Prater as well, who you heard just a little while before, uh, and also Ian Shelton. Uh, just uh, beginning to take some initiatives, you know, across the city. And I, I, I'm sitting here, I'm jealous, listening to all your stories, because uh, I want to see that for the Brisbane LGA right? I think we are falling behind, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, especially when you hear about the Gold Coast later on as well. Um, and also just really believing that if it, it starts with me, I can, talk, I can talk, I like what AJ was saying earlier, you want to be in the square, but we've got to be in the street. So we, Nick and I began to talk about that and say, well, we need to do more locally where we are. And so it's been a bit of a challenge for us here in the Gap because the leadership in the area here has been transient. Right? So let me explain that. So within a 400-meter radius of this church here exists all five churches. We coexist within 400 meters of each other. Right, So the Catholic Church is just there on the other side of the creek. If you go up to the corner, turn right, the Baptist Church is there, currently without a leader. But it's had a leader, you know, that's, part, that's moved on. Right? And if you go up and turn left, then 200 meters down the street is the Anglican Church. And then across the road is the Uniting Church. All right And here's the good news: we're all friends. We had to work at that. You have to go out of your way to build that. But well, that's what we've been doing. Okay? So we've done a few things together, um, and uh, mainly getting to know each other over tea and coffee, things like that. And obviously, as you heard we've, uh, you know, the, the Baptist church leader has moved on, so we're waiting for a Baptist church leader to come in there. But we have also included Ashgrove Baptist down the road, now, which is not officially The Gap, but they're just down the road, so we thought, right, just come and join us too. So we, we connect together. Uh, we've done a few things together, um, other than tea and coffee, obviously. We all are very much committed to religious education and chaplaincy in our schools, and so we work together on that and are diligent with that. Uh, we also uh, meet with our local counsellor together uh, around lunch. We do that. Um, we also do a... Uh, we're talking about what can we do at Christmas, and I guess the, I guess the old thing is well, let's sing carols and, you know, have a bit of a preach, right? We thought, nah, come on, guys. We're gonna do something different than that. So we brainstormed around that. We thought, let's serve our community. So we picked up, we went to the Wesleyan Mission, got the red bags. And the red bags from Wesleyan Mission, right? So we got or 500 of them. And all the... All of the churches in the local area all donate. We all volunteer get together. My wife works very closely with Rod, who's up at the Uniting Church, and coordinates it. And so last year, we gave over 400 hampers to families in need. Now, all those needs are referred to us via connections through the high school and the schools as identifying families that need the hamper. All right. And also, uh, spread out from that, it's also a way of empowering the people in local churches to bless their neighbors as well. So that's gone very, very well, and it's really unified us as a group of churches as well. Um, we've done Pentecost services together with the Catholic Church next door. Here in this building with the Catholic priest coming in and joining us for, for Pentecost, Right? openly talking about the Holy Spirit. We've done it here. So we had it one here, and it's easy. Okay, give it to the panties. I'll put it on Pentecost service, right? So we did it our style and obviously made some provisions, right? But this year, we went to the Anglican Church and did Pentecost there, right? And Reverend Anne Edwards, the new minister there, she led it and did a fantastic job, right? And we had what was called a Eutucharist. Who's ever heard of a Eutucharist? It's a Eucharist and Pentecost celebration around the music of U2, I'll end there.
0: If you've never heard of a UTucharist, don't worry, neither have I. Next up is David Vucker, a pastor and businessman who also gives leadership to the Pastors Network in Ipswich.
12: My wife and I started uh, Breakthrough Nation about 24 years ago in New Zealand, and we started a church movement which uh, brought us here to Australia. And uh, we started with a vision of total redemption and restoration of all things. Fifteen years ago, the Lord uh, allowed us to start a network called Pacific Global Apostolic Network, which is just churches and kingdom organizations coming together with a vision of empowering leaders and transforming nations. And uh, we also started a church in Springfield, and I'm the senior pastor of that church. And two years ago, there has been a growing frustration in me And I got to be honest, I love people, but I got to a point where I'm saying, God, get me out of the local church, otherwise I'll kill some people. (laughs) It's true. I don't know, you've never had that problem, I get it. But I had it, and I'm probably still having it right now. But I know God was actually talking to me about doing something for our city in terms of the body of Christ in our city in Springfield. So, two years ago, we, I picked up the leadership of the GSCC, which is the greatest Springfield uh, Christian churches and uh, it 's not easy to really bring pastors and, and teachers the fivefold ministry together it 's a real challenge, and even now, I am still praying to God for great wisdom and strength so that we can unite uh, the, the word that came to me strongly for our region is the unity of the Trinity. you know we have many Uh, Unity uh, definitions, but I've been praying that God will make us a, 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 a team that is united, just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We want true unity, not just another version, so that we can see revival, reformation, and transformation in our city, and of course, Brisbane and all of Australia and the Pacific. Uh, we've been doing things like the Carols New Eve program, which we run. We've seen up to 10,000 people come to that. Uh, Billy, my friend from uh, Ipswich, we got together and we had coffee and we felt that we should team up the two fraternals and talk to our mayor about... Um, just doing a round table where we we the pastors, the councillors, city councillors, and even key people in our area to talk about how we can work together to build not just Springfield but also Ipswich. There's actually a division between Springfield and Ipswich. I don't know who started that. We're gonna find that guy and beat him up. Um, but we're trying to bridge that with our unity in the church, you know? So so me and Billy have been working on that. And uh, I'm hoping that the mayor will come back to us very soon, Billy. Um, lastly, we've been working on things like kingdom uh, a business ecosystem. I've been preaching on, on kingdom ecosystem, the business, the church, the community, because I really believe that we all need to work together, because if we work together, we can get a lot done, right? Many hands make work light, yeah? Um, and so that has been my theme for the last couple of months, even today. I own a coffee shop, uh, two coffee shops, and I'm really seeing how the business community are really working together, and I said to myself, I'd rather be a pastor in a business community than in a church, uh, four walls of the church, because they get it, you know. They know that time is money, and, and things are important, and some t- sometimes I go to the church Maybe I'm, I'm renting here, but some people just turn up late. I feel like just, yeah. Anyway, uh, God gives us grace. Lastly, before I sit down, thank you for the bell. Uh, the Lord has been speaking to me about really doing something for the Pacific. My heart is for the Pacific. I just wanted to let you know. I live here, I love this great country, but my heart is for the Pacific because I believe God is going to make the Pacific the kingdom of God. Thank you so much. A little history.
13: Obviously, I live in the South Burnett and um, covered by the South Burnett Regional um,
0: Council. This is Lyle Slinger. He's a pastor from Kingaroy and gives leadership to the Minister's Association there.
13: There are 10 towns that make up that region. So if you're travelling from Brisbane, you travel up through Blackbutt, Yarum, and then Ango, Kingaroy, Wondi, Mergen, Camaria, Kilkeven, and head back towards the Sunshine Coast, out to the north-southwest of Kingaroy's Cumbia. And out to the northwest of Proston, um, out northwest of Wandy's Proston. And I guess our council region is the is the is the um, shield to the southeast Queensland, because we're out to the northwest of you guys here. The pioneers not only built churches in every town, but many of the farming districts as well. It was a heart for God, and in a real way, the South Burnett region was like a Bible belt in those early days. Many of those towns had pastors of various denominations who were totally supported by the local church. Many of those have ceased to function that once had a good gathering of people. Other churches have died as the congregation aged and passed away. Reason, no younger ones responding to the kingdom of God. One denomination now actually has one past for the whole of the South Burnett region and the North Burnett, which is going to Mundubra. So things have changed so much over the years. And I can remember when that denomination had pastors in all those towns totally supported by the local congregation. So things have changed. Just giving you some history. Now, what I'm sharing now, doesn't include a Catholic church because I'm not too familiar with what's happening with that in the South Burnett region. Today, there's nothing really spiritually happening in eight of those towns in the South Burnet. Maybe one church in one town, and in my town, maybe three or four, maybe having an effect in the community. So if those five churches have an average attendance of 100 on a Sunday, and they probably don't, that makes 500 people. If all the other little works put together make another 500, that makes 1,000 people that would be attending church regularly in the South Burnett. In a region of 40,000 people, that means one in 40 people are actually regularly attending church. A bit of history. Not how, that's not how it was when the pioneers came. I've lived there all my life and have been involved with churches throughout the South Burnett, you know, through church youth groups, Christian Endeavour, for those who remember those era, um, very involved in that, you know, through Gideon's for a number of years and now pastoring for the last 40 years or so, and been involved with the ministers' organisations in the Nango, Mergen and Kingaroy over the years. So that paints the situation. However, there is always hope and I see fresh things happening. Isn't that good? In the last two years, we have seen the pastors group from Merg and Wando, which is the BMA, Bramba Ministers Association, and the Kingaroy group, the KDMA, coming together, chat about things. And this has never before happened, and um, there's a great spirit of connectedness happening. And uh, even in, in Wondo we have a prayer meeting every three or four months when pastors and people from the whole region come together to pray. So good things are happening. But this has been helped along much by our Mayor who has a heart after God, and other counsel, and a, a counsellor who both are keen to get involved with us as pastors. And they meet with us very often. They share their hearts for the vision they have for the community and the difficulties that happen within the council, asking us to pray for them. And they're asking us to do that every three months or so with them. Sit down. We have, we have, our, we have our local Kate DMA meeting, and nearly finished, and, um, and they come along and say, we want you to do more of that, because within council, there is often contentious things. Also now, for a year or two, we bring along one, two or three people from various community organisations that share with our pastors group, from, from their spheres of influence, Chamber of Commerce, like the Breastfeeding Association, Parachurch Groups, so on, Eva's Place, and many of those sort of places. We run GLS summits up there, and um, we've got a, a pantry that operates well in the South Burnett. And, uh, but also, just finishing up my own church, we've seen a shift in ritual, recent times. People coming in to know Jesus. We had eight baptisms a few weeks ago, four or five more coming up. People are coming in and something is happening in the South Burnett region. And so we're excited about that. So summing up, there is a change happening and God is moving and we are seeing and expecting great things. Amen.
0: The last person to speak in this segment is Colin Studley. Colin is involved in church planting and lives in the Logan area.
14: My city, Logan, is a very diverse place. Uh, diverse actually doesn't describe it so well. About three hundred and forty five, 350,000 people um, from quite poor to quite wealthy, um, from well-employed uh, to not employed, um, generational unemployment, um, and all of the difficulties of housing and domestic violence... Um, that are across our city and yet there are some significantly good things happening in the city as well. I think my colleague Paul Jackson from out in the west, he might already have spoken and uh, this fellow's been on the journey a long time and deserves much credit. Um, we, we had uh, not a lot of cohesion amongst the groups but like as we've heard in other stories, there is a coming together and a coalescing. So I had an event with, uh, that was introduced to uh, people in Logan called Listening to Logan. There were about 12 that started that journey and about six that apologised on the night. Just to give you an, a little little example of what was there, is um, the leadership of the, the new school for at risk young people called Arethusa. You might have heard of Arethusa in other places. Um, she was there, Star was there. Uh, star College, I think it is star college I think. anyway um, there 's a, a couple that are mentoring new Chinese immigrants. Um, Hosanna Logan was there who were doing some remarkable things with helping uh, young women to have their babies safely um, and so there was a, it was a really interesting um, an, an interesting meeting, and in addition to that we 've been able to uh, one of the things we, we lost uh, was a good connection to our council, uh, but we've just got a, a contact there, one of the councillors who was happy to see us. And so that's going to be, that's going to be a, a significant next step. Um, there are some significantly good people um, working in the, the, the city, uh, Steve Swenson down in the south, you get Paul Jackson over in the west, You've got the Hosanna guys in the centre. And you've got guys like uh, Scott. Just gone right out of my head. But anyway, there's good guys popping up everywhere. And here's the, here's the last thing I would, I would just say. We, in church planting world, we would always be keen to have one healthy, missionally minded church for every 1,000 people. In our city, that means we need about 350. We have just over 100, and not all of them are healthy and missionally minded. The challenge for us is immense, but my God is able to do abundantly more than all we ask or think, and so I'm optimistic. And I I give thanks to God for the connections um, with Gary and and a number of others, just to, to, uh, to see more and more of this happening across all the cities. I think these are great days. I'm looking forward to every one of them.
0: You're listening to Love Your City. It's a Movement Australia podcast. We believe that communities can be transformed as a unified church in every city or town lives and proclaims the gospel into every sphere of society. We'll tell stories from where this is already happening. We'll dig into the Bible to better understand God's heart for cities and towns. And we'll discuss practical strategies. Because no matter where you live, a gospel movement can happen. Following a well-deserved lunch came a handful of presentations on specific issues civic life women business and prayer We'll begin by hearing Mark Robinson the state MP for Oud Guru on civic life
15: I'm going to try and do a a miracle today which is uh, a politician and a pastor speaking for less than 5 minutes uh, there's the first miracle um you know, you not only get the preacher waffle, you get the poly waffle, but sorry. Um, can I say, look, what you're all trying to do in terms of impacting uh, cities and regions is really important. It's really critical. And uh, while I could dive down into lots of specifics. I want to try to keep it at a higher plane of how we have a city-wide impact. And I've seen lots of different models through different churches in cities like Townsville, Melbourne, regional Victoria, uh, in the Redlands where I am now. And, and there's a whole myriad of ways you can go about it. And I appreciate it with some of what, uh, all of what Sue shared and her vantage point uh, from the inside. I guess I share a little bit too from the inside in the state parliament, which Uh, connects me up also with federal colleagues and look it is a bit of a club in, in a sense once you're in you're in and it's a bit like Paul being a Roman citizen you're in and you have opportunities from there so the opportunity to engage and influence on the inside we must go in there to these all these different spheres and have that impact so having citywide impact firstly you've got to have the right theology of city I was very grateful to one of my mentors Paul Grant from the Apostolic church movement uh, who I studied under him one of the subjects was urban theology uh, and uh, I'm I'm glad to see your booklet cities and towns matter has got some really good scriptures and basis for what you're doing in there Uh, but um, certainly starting off with the right theology of of city uh, is important and and I've just I'll just read out a couple of things I dotted down as I prayed and thought about today because if I expand on them you'll get one point so first thing I wrote God inhabits cities for good Okay, so cities may be places of evil, but they're not inherently evil. Uh, they may there may be more crime, but the people are not more evil. God loves the cities like the regional areas because it's people. Okay, so we need to start from that foundation. Often we start with the wrong foundation of cities. Um, one of my favourite scriptures that I used in my maiden speech, Psalm one hundred and twenty-seven, verse one, says, "Unless the Lord watches, as part B, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain." Or in the King James, the watchman waketh in vain. It's in, it's etched into the, or written a uh, picture. It's in the uh, stained glass windows of the Parliament, the Queensland Parliament. One day, come visit me. I'll show you them happily. Where right at the foundation is faith. The Judeo-Christian fabric of our society is there in our Queensland Parliament. Though, though people want us to move away and, and lock it all into a box of history, it's heritage that propels us going forward if we're smart. So uh, in those glass windows. We're, on the, we're watchmen on the walls. We're watchmen and women. We watch over the city. As the sun rises the an, over the ancient city, they would watch for the enemies of the city. And so we're there to watch. That's what we do as pastors, as community leaders, as politicians, councillors. We watch for the good of the city. Um, But, interesting, we need to join with God because it's all in vain if it's not guided by Him. So don't waste your effort on things that won't actually bring fruit for the Kingdom of God. The welfare of the city, Jeremiah 29, 7. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have uh, carried you into exile. Pray, or uh, seek the welfare of the city, pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you will prosper too. It's interesting, in blessing the city, we get blessed back. Can also say, if we miss opportunities and don't do things, it comes back and bites us. And can I say, when we vacated the parliaments, we're paying for it now. And we may be moving towards a persecution generation of believers. I hope we're not. I'm doing all we can to stop that and other Christians in Parliament. But when we vacated, others came in with leverage, turned it against, the, against Christians. We need to go back in. People like my good friend Lyle Sheldon, and thank you, Ian, and, and Gary for today, uh, uh, worked very closely with Lyle uh, over, over a number of years. He's out there doing that fight as well. So we're called to the broader care of the city. We're to look out for the welfare of the city, um, You know, we're building kingdom in the city and engagement between church, government, councils, institutions, business is important. Examples in the Redlands, we could give. uh, Gold Coast, as you're talking around your table, think of other examples. Um, Outreach through the city, Paul's missionary journeys, we don't even need to, we don't have time to go there. But can I say, uh, it's not a social gospel, though we are working with people's spirit, soul, mind and body, It's holistic, but don't, don't, denigrate the gospel and lose the sense it's the presence of God it's the gospel that transforms it's not good social programs but you need them all you need but you don't want silo programs or silo progress associations and so this movement today that I'm excited about um you need to got you need to allow what God is broadcast and let him narrow cast you to what you need to do um and I'm going to finish uh, my second closure as the evangelist once said meant nothing um you need to find the right fit for for what the city needs now and over the next ten years you need to be you need to be careful not to be too wide and too long and nebulous in what you set out to do on a, a bigger scale but not too niche and too short term so let God define your purpose down without limiting God and um, uh, you know. Be careful to move into the slipstream of grace that he has for you and don't don't accept a social gospel. So I'm praying for you that God will guide you to find in your region, in your city, your town, what you need to do, what's your place, how you best connect. Um, But I'm hoping out of all of that, we will engage better. Uh, We'll have influence, uh, godly influence, and bring his presence out to people who are needy. Amen. Next up
0: is Letitia Shelton. She's the founder and CEO of City Women in Toowoomba.
16: I just want to talk a bit about releasing the women because we have a secret weapon in our cities. Um, And women don't have to be taught theology in their minds because God's placed it in our heart. This theology of city reaching and unity is being placed in the hearts of women because we gather together really easily um, and we don't discuss theology and have fights. Um, but also we see the needs and the pain of our city and we move fast. So this has been our, um, ex- our journey in Toowoomba for the last 25 years. Just to give you a bit of a snapshot of uh, what some of the women have done. We've run over 65 camps for teenage girls in our city. Uh, we've delivered programs into over 30 schools. Uh, We've discipled hundreds of girls into um, Jesus Christ. We pioneered a teen magazine that went around Australia and the nations. We started a girls' home for girls between the ages of 16 to 19. We launched Emily's Voice, a uh, media campaign to humanise the unborn. Out of that, we started a pregnancy support centre. We realised that there was a teen challenge centre for men, so we needed one for women as well. And then our state government decided that we needed a brothel, so we sent in teams of women to our brothel. Then our brothel manager gave us a reference to take to the strip club when that opened. So now we have um, a team of people in the strip club. Refugees arrived on our doorstep. In 2019, Toowoomba took in more refugees than all of New Zealand. So we started an organisation to say, you belong in our city. Uh, by Christians. Then we became aware of the foster kids in our city and just the needs that were among them. And we started an organization. And then I realized that porn was at the uh, bottom of so many of these social ills that women are dealing with. And myself and our mayor started a city free from pornography. That's what happens when you release the women because it's in their hearts. Unfortunately, the church has kept us locked up and nice and boring for too long. (laughs) Uh, There are women who are waiting to disrupt Uh, And we need them in all spheres of society. But statistically speaking, women will always go to the margins. And that's where Jesus told the church to go to first. And this all began because we had a female um, mayor who came and spoke at a women's meeting. And she said, you ladies are doing great things inside your church. But why don't you get outside the effing walls of your church and do something for the young people of your city? And um, some people are led by the Holy Spirit. Others are led by swearing mayors. And, and we were, and so we were presented with the pain. We began to move and we saw the pain of uh, uh, teenage girls, one in three, abused. We, we had schools asking us, come and help. Um, we realized that that 70% of women have abortions because there's no support. So the church must be on the front foot of supporting them. Uh, Women always fight for life. Eve actually means life. And so all throughout the Bible, from Hannah to Sarah to Rachel and Leah, they are fighting for life. It's fights over babies, isn't it? Uh, Tamar disguising herself as a prostitute to sleep with her father-in-law was a fight for life in the next generation and was part of the lineage of Jesus. That's what women do. And so I love that there's so many men today, but if you're going to re- uh, win your cities, we need men and women together. <laughs> we need men and women, and uh, women can be part of your biggest asset in your city. Right now, we have uh, across Australia, prostitutes are wanting to come and prostitute in Toowoomba because I've heard about the great church ladies and the help that they get in the brothel. Um, and so I'm proud to be that city where prostitutes want to come and when they come into the brothel, they will be encountered with Christian women who love them, who turn up to their baby showers, their weddings, uh, churches have helped pay off prostitutes' debts and get them out of the brothel, uh, you name it, we've done it. So um, that's all. God bless.
17: Um. Yeah, a bit of history there. Uh, I did come from Mount Isa. I uh, left school after I got to grade 10. I was already over-educated, so...
0: (laughs) This is Andrew Youngberry. He's a businessman in the Toowoomba area.
17: (laughs) Went into the shearing sheds and then into the mines underground. But uh, thank God in 1978 he um, brought me to himself and... um, and anyway, I, I want to say this because this is so important. Right at the beginning, I started to go to churches to try and find where I was going to be a home. And the first thing I noticed was that everybody seemed to hate the one next door. <laughs> and they go, oh, you're welcome here, brother, but don't go there. welcome here, brother, don't go there. And I asked a question to the Lord, a simple question, and it was simply... Lord, where is your true church? And the words came back to my spirit, and I didn't know that at the time. But it, this, these funny words dropped into my heart, and it said Ezekiel twelve two. And I thought, I wonder whether that's in the Bible. And I and I went to the index, and I got a big thrill because there it was. Ezekiel was in the index. So I turned to page 1268 or whatever and um, and I thought what was the rest of that? 12 too. Now remember the question, Lord where is your true church? And it said this, son of man you are living in amongst the rebellious people they have ears and they hear nothing they have eyes and they see nothing because they are a rebellious people. And the hair stood up in the back of my neck and I go, God talks back! And and that was the beginning. And then I got this incredible hunger to read the Word. See, and I'm reading the Word, and the Word's just coming alive to me. And I got to John 17. And I read John 17, and I remember exclaiming out loud, has no one ever read this? Because John 17, of course, you all know, it says, let, let me summarise it in Andrew's version. <laughs> Father, I pray that they are one, even as you and I are one, that the world may know. That's it. But that there is the longest prayer recorded of Jesus while he was on earth on the night he was betrayed. It was a fairly important prayer. And so God spoilt me for anything else but his body. And I love his body and the diversity of his body is the key. And no no, um, person has to be the finger if he's already created to be a foot or everything else. You know, we are a body. We're not like a body. And this is an amazing revelation. So here I was in Mount Isa, 1,800 kilometres away was a guy I got to meet. Pastor Ian Shelton and we've tracked together now for 40 years but God has spoken to his heart four years earlier about the unity of the body and then he brought us together and then he brought me down to uh, Mount I- uh, from Mount Isa to Toowoomba and spoke to my heart about business and then something dropped in my heart and this I'm saying this because this is so so important to the Lord that there are people who function in various areas because we're not all the same and uh, that's the great diversity of the church and and he spoke to my heart about uh, releasing finance into the work of the Lord and I at the time we were doing it really tough and I couldn't when when you could have two one cent coins I couldn't rub two cents together I hadn't you know we were struggling really tough and the Lord spoke about giving a million dollars a year into the work of the Lord and I wrote it down and I believed it and that began to happen after a few years it doesn't take like Sue said it's not overnight But it started to happen, and uh, I I don't know how long that's been happening, but anyway, um, the fact of the matter is, God has got all sorts of people just busting to see the the body ministry. And isn't it important how we've seen today that when we get outside the four walls of the church, all of a sudden things are happening? It's the pattern in the Bible. They were never in the churches doing the ministry. The ministers were there to train us to do the work of ministry, right? You're all ministers, you know that. But it's amazing. So it's starting to happen. The only people back in 1978 that I knew that were for the body of Christ seemed to be the charismatic people. (laughs) The ministers didn't like it then. But now we're getting on board. And that's going to be wonderful. As, as the people are released. And so I just thought I'd um, talk about that very quickly. I don't like talking about what we do particularly, and I, uh, but really it's, it's so, so exciting to see. I, I'm sitting there excited to see that so much is happening when people get
18: outside the walls of the church. Yes, you don't, don't retire, <laughs> you just get another assignment, really.
0: This is Len Rosso, a longtime pastor in the Gold Coast, who also has a passion for united prayer in his region.
18: And uh, the, uh, the assignment really is to set a foundation of prayer for city transformation. And uh, in, in doing that, I, I wanted to acknowledge, like, a key issue is about honour, about trust, it's about hearts being connected to one another. And we're, we're on the coast, we're standing on the shoulders of pioneering pastors who carried a, a heart for unity in their, in their DNA, really, and they pushed into it at whatever cost it was, and it was quite a cost. And then there's decades of intercession that have been faithful intercessors, unknown, uh, but they've been praying for the things that we're seeing today. And that's, that's an awesome kind of thing. Uh, so in picking this up, like back in 2012, uh, we invited the mayor, after he ele- was elected for three days or so, uh, to a citywide worship and prayer meeting. And he kind of shared with us uh, something of his vision for the, for the city and, and something of that. And he was sort of talking about a spiritual awakening. And, and that was our heart, like to see a change of the spiritual atmosphere of the city and to see a spiritual awakening. And the strategy, I felt, was to take up two aspects hand in hand. So the first aspect was building relational unity among the pastors. And the second one is to encourage and build relational unity amongst the intercessors in the city and to have the two of those things operating together. And uh, leading into the Commonwealth Games, it gave us a great uh, opportunity to build into that. And so there was a call to cover the city in prayer, leading into the games and over the games. And initially, that was a twenty-four-seven prayer canopy concept. And so we had uh, forty different churches engaged in that in different ways. Uh, but now, what we do is send out a bi-monthly uh, prayer guidelines and just asking uh, people to to be praying. So intercessors, pastors, whatever. Um, one of the key things for us was to identify the redemptive gift of the city. It is a festival city. Everybody and his dog have a conference there. Uh, So why not a kingdom festival? And so that's Easter United. Um, And it's got an entrepreneurial spirit, bold vision, like really out there vision. And so we want to pray for that. Pray for the congregations of the city to catch that and to step into it, the businesses of the city, the educational institutions of the city to step into that. Uh, the pastor's prayer retreat, four years ago, we kind of kicked that off uh, after it, like it had been nothing since about 2000, and uh, the goal was to build trust, to shift mindsets about each other, to build relationships, uh, give the opportunity for kingdom conversation to take place, And to enable people to kind of catch up after the retreat and have coffees together, build friendship, build heart-to-heart stuff. And we're seeing that happen. It's like every year it's got deeper and deeper, more vulnerability, stronger sense of unity, stronger sense of kingdom. It's just been awesome to watch what's been taking place through that. And uh, then with the intercessors, we need to do training. So we kind of did some training stuff, seminars, workshops, Watchman School of Intercession from the APN. We sent them out on strategic uh, praying on-site with insight stuff. Uh, And so we kind of uh, have uh, particular goals with that. I wanted to finish with this. This is from Roger Sutton. We desperately need to form unity networks of prayer and influence in the arts, education, media, politics, health and business. And I think that's another level to go into. What kind of prayer is taking place for the people in our city in arts, People in our city in media. People in our city in education. What kind of prayer is actually taking? Can we build some network where that foundation is put in place? And so we're having a shot with education. We're calling it Education Connect. And what we've done is to pull them all together, uh, as many Christians in the education space that we can, and commission them on behalf of the city to go out into mission, and to yeah, as salt and light, and then to have pastors come and pray one on one with them uh, in a meeting together. And uh, we're just uh, committed like that's the thing that's sitting in my heart, the education sphere. So we're going to step into that and push in and keep going till we see a network
2: develop.
0: To conclude the event is Sue Baines, a pastor from the Gold Coast, and one of the conveners of this long lunch.
19: Um, outcomes from today: I know people in this room. You are people who like outcomes. And so we have a couple of suggestions that if you've enjoyed today, and I, I'm sure that um, many of you have really learned a lot as we have around our table we were just sharing of so many beautiful things that we've learned then really the ball is in your court. What will you do with what you've heard? Who will you engage with? Who will you champion? Who will you get behind? You know, there are things that are happening in our LGAs. We don't have to all do something new. We can get behind things that are already happening. And so I encourage you to do that. I heard three words, conversations, cross-pollination and collaboration. So start the conversations. Think who can you have a conversation with that you've never had a conversation with before. Cross-pollination of ideas. I loved what David Baker said at the beginning. He said, dream some big dreams. Let's do that in that cross-pollination. You know, if bees aren't around, then veggies and fruit don't don't pollinate and grow and we don't get the fruit because we need the bees to do the cross-pollination. So if we want more fruit in our LGAs, in our cities, in our churches and our communities, we've got to be like those bees and we have to cross-pollinate. So be bees, be busy bees, (laughs) cross-pollinate, and then collaborate. You know, how can we work better together? (laughs) Okay, let's pray. Lord, as we've been singing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty, we just declare that over each other once more. We declare it over our churches, over our organisations, over our cities, our communities, and our regions. And Lord, we bless each other as we leave this place. I thank you, Father, for the covering of the blood of Jesus over each one. And I pray that we go away encouraged and inspired. But Lord, I just declare fruitfulness from this time together. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom advance in abundant ways. Let it all be supernatural. That there be less of us and more of you. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.